1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into a, another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Catspaws. Derek, uh, another special episode. Uh, just going to talk recruiting in this one.
0: Back by popular demand. <laughs>
1: yeah, Absolutely. We, uh, we had really good numbers on the Nolan Hickman episode last week. And now this isn't a commitment episode, but we're going to cover the latest in kentucky basketball recruiting so over the last seven (laughs) eight days we're going to talk about some of those topics and then we're also going to dive into the kentucky football side because that's the big story heading into this weekend is jagger burton kentucky's top recruiting target for 2021 Derek, he's ready to make his announcement and it would be a big one for kentucky football if he lands in lexington
0: uh unanimous 100 on the crystal ball for Mr. Burton to UK. It would be a big one. You're right. I mean, a thing to me, what it would solidify, Sean, is UK has built this reputation as a, a team that is strong along the lines, which for basically its entire history, it was that was like one of the weak points is that Kentucky could not really build a sustainable line to, to really long-term change of program. They've done that. And you're set to probably lose upwards – Uh, Assuming no one takes advantage of the NCAA eligibility rule, you could lose four starters this year. And to me, if you can win a recruiting battle for an offensive lineman in your city against Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, all these schools that won a Jagger Burton, a top 60 recruit on 247sports.com, what a message that sends. I mean, it shows that that what you've done on the field has paid off in recruiting, in my opinion, if you can get this kind of kid. Because, man, I mean – If that's a position you want to kind of want to keep stockpiling talent, that's it. And, I mean, from what I've heard on Jagger Burton, I wouldn't be stunned if he's a kid who comes in and competes for day one. I'm not going to say he'll be a starter if he commits to Kentucky right away. I don't think that. I think I have more respect for people in the program that have been there for a few years and have worked hard to get their spot on the field. But if you've got talent and this kid's got plenty of talent, you'll have a chance to play right away.
1: And Derek, you've been you've been all over this. You've been dropping hints here and there that a decision could be could have been coming soon. So it's it's coming soon. We actually opened this week talking about Burton's recruitment and then we mentioned the matchup with North Harden, Frederick Douglas, how that would make it even more intriguing if Burton is a Kentucky Wildcat when that game's played September eleventh. We don't know Jagger's decision yet. We won't know until Sunday at six PM. But if he picks we have a Kentucky
0: feeling on what it might be, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know but, for sure. we,
1: but we, don't know. He could. Uh, we've seen we've seen some weird things in recruitments, Derek. Where especially with this in-state recruiting, where top guys go to Alabama, go to Ohio mm-hmm. State, go to Nebraska. You just uh, you just never know. So just going to hold our breath on a. If and if he commits, it'll it'll be huge episodes that follow with talk about Jagger. We might have some guys on to talk about it. What it means to Kentucky football's class. Uh, Derek, necessarily, what what does it mean to Kentucky football's class if they get a guy like Jagger Burton where they already have his teammate Dekel Corrales and some other big-name targets from in the
0: state? I think two things. Um, the immediate payoff is the star power. He would be, and I think I've already said this on this podcast, and I'll say it probably again when he commits, but I want to drill it home to people. He'll be a top five all-time commitment on the composite with his current ranking, which is subject to change after the year. We'll see if that changes. but You're talking about a top five, and it's in the internet era for maybe some of the older listeners who are going to say, well, where's Tim Couch? And I get it. Tim Couch is a phenomenal recruit, but in the internet age, which basically started in 2000 is where the rankings began, out of all the players in the last 21 years or whatever, however many classes that is, he'll be a top five one. So that's huge right there for star power. It would move the class up eight spots. One player would move them up eight spots to 39th, so... The star power is important because this is not a class that has been as good as uh, the one last year, and there's reasons for that. COVID has not done anybody any favors, particularly a school like Kentucky that relies a lot on getting kids on campus, getting them comfortable, and then sealing the deal that way. Um, and the second thing is how it relates to Frederick Douglass High School, which is the preeminent high school power in in, the, in central, uh, central Kentucky now. I mean, it used to be – some other schools in like extended kind of the talent was spread out at some other schools, but Frederick Douglass, that would be two commitments in this class, both uh who are four star prospects from the same high school. And Kentucky would effectively have locked down that school for this class. But the the bigger thing is you got another four star next year. Dane Key, twenty twenty two, uh, four star wide receiver whose dad played at Kentucky. It will only help. I mean, he already has ties to the school anyway. I think Kentucky is you know That's a kid who's getting some pretty big offers. I know Texas is on him and some other schools, but feel pretty good about him too, uh, potentially being a Wildcat. But Todd Bryan, another legacy. And then in 2023, you've got some kids already who have offers. So, like, that is kind of the pipeline in Lexington that you really want to build on. And getting a, a kid like Jagger and DeKal, who I have no doubt, those two kids will, will recruit the hell out of, out of this class for those kids and try to get more kids on board and certainly for future classes.
1: That's actually what I was about to say. If, if you, you got that pipeline – and now, flowing through that pipeline is just—it might be in-state, in-state, in-state recruit after another here. And Derek, this is a state that is starting to produce more top talent. I think we're seeing that in future classes. You mentioned Key. There's some names even in the classes after that. Patterson at Corbin, uh, Longmire from Corbin too. That in your neck of the woods. Uh, mm-hmm. That I know that you're plugged in on those recruitments. Uh, this is a state, Derek, that Kentucky's locking down right now in recent years since uh, they stopped losing recruitment, losing commitments to Louisville. There was some going to West Virginia and Purdue, of course, with more. But uh, when you look at this during COVID-19, it's pretty vital for them to get these in-state guys in a year like this. And if you get Burton, you get the main dog. You get the top dog. And like you said, it's a guy that when you look at him, he's ready when he steps on a college football campus next year, wherever it's at, he's going to compete to play
0: depending on how this announcement goes and maybe what follows it, I might be able to, if I get some permission from one of my sources, might be able to divulge a little bit more information uh, on some of these recruitments, on some of these situations. That's something that I can't promise, but I, I think I can probably make it happen. Um, might be a string. I think that's the whole idea that if you can get Jagger, maybe you can build some momentum. And Kentucky's very good at that, I think, in football recruiting. Um, They kind of own the offseason, I've always thought, the new cycle. Um, Going all the way back to Stoops' first year in uh, the 2014 class, like this string of players who committed like in a three-day span, Boom Williams, uh, Garrett Johnson was around there somewhere, Darius West and Mike Edwards. You think those guys were pretty good for Kentucky?
1: Pretty good. You you saw the results.
0: And they all committed within a few days of each other, and that was the momentum UK had to get to number one for a limited time. I mean, they never finished number one, but just the fact that, People could say, oh my God, Kentucky football has the number one class in the, in the country. Like that's insane. Well, so it's, I always thought they had been good at that. Saw
1: it last year too. John Young, yeah. Drew Phillips, Bo Allen. I mean, it just uh, it just kept going. Justin Rogers was around that time too, wasn't he? In the spring. They we were all so. on the same
0: official visit, yeah. So you're <clears> talking
1: <throat> so you're talking that if this happens, you could see a domino effect with some things, and it would be huge for Kentucky football, especially during a period, Derek, where they need to generate some momentum. And we know that Vince Merrill's the best at it, especially when it comes to this state, since he took over in-state recruiting. Uh, could be some positive buzz for Kentucky. And if, if, if Jagger commits to Kentucky, it's very good pub for the U.K. football program right before the season starts. You get your main guy in this class who can go out and recruit. Uh, you get DeKal, I, I, I'd be interested to see DeKal's reaction if Jagger does pick UK. Uh, so that decision will be coming at 6 p.m. Eastern time Sunday. He said he's going to announce on Instagram first, so that would be the place to watch. Uh, we'll decide between Kentucky, Alabama, Clemson, Oregon, and Ohio State. But uh, as Derek said, the crystal ball is 100% for Kentucky. I think at this point it'd be a surprise if he didn't end up at Kentucky, especially since he didn't get to take all those official visits that he had hoped to take, which is probably the reason why we're at this point of getting to a decision now, Derek.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think this is a recruitment that – he has visited all those schools. It's worth pointing out. He has taken official vi- unofficial visits, excuse me, to all those other schools. Um, I always got the impression from Jagger – uh, just from talking to people, not necessarily from Jagger himself, that I think I always perceived Bucky as a front runner, but not a lock uh, at, at many points in his recruitment, but someone who I thought maybe held off of an early commitment because he wanted to have that chance to visit all those schools. And being a local kid, you know how it is, Sean, with fans and recruiting. I mean, if you're a local kid and you commit and then you start taking visits, I mean, there can be some backlash there. And I think he just wanted to have take those visits – make the best decision for himself, don't string anybody along, You know, don't commit to UK and get everybody excited and then go take all these visits. Like, I don't think he wanted to do that. And unfortunately for him, I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent now that those seniors aren't going to get to take official visits, at least not in a traditional way when you're actually there. Maybe they'll change some things with time you can spend with coaching staffs via Zoom, I have no idea. But I think it's going to help UK in this recruitment and – That's down to the give and take. It's probably going to hurt them on some other recruitments. You know, kids that aren't so close to here that maybe they could have gotten in a normal year. But, man, if you get a kid like him, that's going to – I think that's how I change the attitude a little bit towards this class, potentially get some momentum uh, going Kentucky's way. Yeah,
1: for sure. And now we're going to transition to the basketball side. We were going to talk about this on Friday's episode, but then we covered uh, the U.K. football team not practicing on Thursday. So, that's what we spent Friday's episode on. So, Kentucky – did offer five-star center Damian Collins, Derek, uh, for 2021. That's a guy that we opened the week with. We asked Corey Evans of Rivals about him, and he compared him to, he's, quote, Isaiah Jackson on steroids. And when you read the scouting report, he's a bouncy, uh, big, he blocks shots, he rim runs, similar to the things that we have heard about Isaiah Jackson. You know, a shot blocker, uh, runs, plays the game with a lot of energy. This is definitely – with We still don't have anything with Jay Lucas, so this is definitely coming off of that. It's a relationship that Jay Lucas built at Texas. Texas and Oklahoma were the two schools involved in his recruitment until this point. Derek, I guess, is this Kentucky's big man to replace losing Paolo Carroll to Duke?
0: Certainly could be. I mean, uh, once Jay Lucas becomes official, that's going to be your main connection, but... Jack gave us that loophole man the other day on this podcast. I'm kind of throwing off on what Lucas can actually do <laughs> whenever he gets there. But he's certainly going to be the guy who introduces, you know, he's gonna Lucas is gonna be the plug, and he'll have to get comfortable with UK's other staff members as well. But I'm looking at his 24 7 profile, and this is all public on his profile. Uh, we do scouting reports. And tell me what you think about this comparison, Sean. I don't know how much you've watched him. I've not watched any of his film, but it's kind of throwing me off because this comparison is Jeremy Grant who I don't think is a center, is he? He's not. He's not a center at all. He,
1: and then two. <laughs> and when you see Collins' height at 6'9", 210, that's, that's not the frame for a center. I no. mean, you would think 6'11", foot, the way Kentucky has recruited that position when Nick Richards was, what, seven foot tall and got up to, what, 245, 250-ish by the time he was a junior. So it's a thin frame. Isaiah Jackson's not... 6'11", I don't think. I think Isaiah might be 6'10". Uh, so, that, I think that's where the similarity – but, yeah, Jeremy Grant, that's uh, – I I might about... be getting
0: confused with somebody. I thought Jeremy Grant went to Notre Dame, but I just looked him up and he was a Syracuse player who's six 6'9". nine yeah. Or six foot eight. Who am I thinking of from Notre Dame? Didn't they have a player in the 2015 uh, game against Kentucky who was an NBA <laughs> player for a
1: little bit? They did. What was his name, though? because I remember him in that game against Kentucky. It was Jerry, Jerry Grant. Grant. Yeah, that's so, yeah.
0: Okay, that's what threw me off. Okay, I don't <laughs> know much about Jerry Grant. That, that might actually be a good comparison. I have no idea. Probably is a good comparison. But I'm going to give you a little rundown on the scouting report, just a few things here and there. It does talk about how thin he is, but he's explosive off the floor. Uh, good hands, good finish with strength, even though he doesn't have a very big frame. Um He's on offense, which is nothing new, really, for kids coming in out of high school. If I had to guess, he probably spends most of his time dunking the ball in uh, high school basketball. So, probably be something to work on. But 24-7 looks at him as a future first-round pick, which fits the, fits the narrative of what you are if you come to U.K. as a big man.
1: What's his ranking on 24-7? Individual right now, in he's, the composite.
0: he's a five-star by us, but in the composite, he's 29th. So he's a four-star, uh, number six center in the country. Number five in the in, in the composite, excuse me. So, if he does commit to UK, he'll be listed as a five-star because of the composite. So, either ESPN's got him pretty high or Rivals does to, to be a five-star whenever he's not on our site.
1: And he is from Atlanta, Texas. So, when you see that pops up Damian Collins from Atlanta, it's not Atlanta, Georgia, it's Atlanta, Texas. It's one of those guys, Derek, that Corey mentioned that the state of Texas for the next two classes, there's a lot of talent in those two classes and getting jay lucas at kentucky who has relationships all over the united states but specifically in the state of texas this is a big deal
0: might be time to call up the harrison twins who they're up to julius randall some of those other guys who are from texas uh who they got a few years back probably some more guys so i'm forgetting but uh if that's the case jay lucas should be familiar with all these kids and kentucky i think certainly becomes much more appealing because i mean maybe there are some kids who UK just would have liked more. But if you get a kid – or, sorry, if you get a coach like Lucas in the coach's ear saying, you know, I've seen this kid a lot. I really believe in this kid. I think he's worth looking, taking a look at. I mean, maybe you end up getting a kid or two in this 22 class that you wouldn't have had that move not been made.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, that's the third offer that they extended within the last seven days, right? So Hunter Salas, Bryce Hopkins, and Damian Collins. I think it was uh, Chris Fisher that actually put it up that they – had offered more people in that week than they did what, in the last – I can't remember how many months. It was a couple – it was a few months. Oh,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. He,
1: yeah, he tweeted it out. I can't remember exactly what he said, but three offers in a week. Uh, coming this off the – crystal
0: ball, too. I want to bring this up. Collins, I mean, he's he got a little bit of a mix there, crystal ball. He's got four predictions, and uh, it's split on Texas and Oklahoma. So, I don't know. Maybe Kentucky uh, – Kentucky must feel like it can wiggle its way into this recruitment, but it sounds like – uh Some other schools are out front. Of course, the Texas connection might be because of solely because of Jay, but it might also just be that he wants to stay close to home.
1: I guess, too, when you look at that, though, does Kentucky insert themselves into that recruitment if they don't feel like they could flip it in favor of them? I mean, it's a guy that they're getting in kind of late on. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma obviously have been there the longest. Alabama's there, too. I think Arkansas – as well. So I look at it like that, Derek, that they, they probably feel pretty confident that they can get this kid, especially with Lucas, who has a relationship with him, given the times like the loophole that Jack, you know, sort of laid out for us the other day and then losing Ben Carroll. I'm, I'm assuming that this is the big man that they go all in on. And then we just see how they plug and feel. Uh, you're probably, even if you get, let's say, let's just give the scenario. Let's say you get Collins Jackson and Ware return. Doesn't mean that they're not going to go after a big in the grad transfer market in the spring. I mean, it it might be smart to go that route. But if Jackson where and if you get Collins, that's a nice trio.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I I agree. I don't think UK offers that they don't think they have any kind of shot. I just, I mean, I'm sure Texas, yeah, Lucas has been recruiting him, but surely he's familiar with that whole staff. Oklahoma, I'm guessing those schools have been recruiting that kid for three or four years at this point.
1: But we'll just have to wait and see how all this plays out with Damian Collins' recruitment and when the Jay Lucas to Kentucky news becomes official. Uh, But the big story of the weekend out of these two is that Jagger Burton will be announcing his commitment to either Kentucky, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or Oregon at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Uh, That'll be on his Instagram page. We'll have that recap of whatever happens with that commitment, whether it commits to Kentucky or commits elsewhere. We will have an immediate reaction Uh, from that commitment on the podcast. So just uh, be sure to subscribe to Kentucky Daily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. We'll see you next time. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together.